happy Mother's Day. Everyone wanted to lighten the mood there. Um, for today, it's very special, and we are uh, saying thank you uh, to all the moms out there, the grandmothers, the great-grandmothers, the stepmoms, right, um, and, and the mothers at heart. Mothers are truly a blessing from the Lord, I believe, and we are uh, thankful for all of you today. And I've been tremendously blessed in my life to be surrounded by some amazing mothers. Um, had two really awesome great-grandmothers. And uh, just such a blessing uh, in my life and sort of molded me into who I am today uh, on both sides of my family. Uh, my mom's mother um, taught me about uh, the goodness of bad grammar, right? You know, I, I sort of get my grammar skills from her. But anyway, um, grew up in um, sort of in poverty, I guess you could say. But my grandfather passed away when I was younger, so I didn't really know him all that well. But uh, my grandmother raised uh, 11 children on her own, pretty much, in, in the same same house. And so, you know, she taught me hard work and endurance and, you know, uh, just all that stuff and dealing with life and just having a positive attitude about all that. And what's interesting, I graduated high school in 1996. Tells you how old I am. But um, my, my grandmother never graduated from school. And she decided to get her GED. And we got to graduate together in 1996. Participated in the same graduation ceremony. That's awesome. 74 years old. Getting her diploma. Um, my other grandmother, um, she was tiny. But she was a ball of fire, okay? Just energetic, just really happy, high on life. She taught me the importance of presence. Um, she loved being involved in everything that I did. She, she just was so involved in my life, took me anywhere and everywhere, and just really showed me the importance of value. Valuing someone is really more than just words, isn't it? It's showing that you're you're there, that you're interested in somebody's life. And man, I got to tell you, she was just so interested in my life, and that's great. And then my mother, uh, man, just had the best mother in the world. I know everybody says that about their own mom, right? But um, you know, I'm just tremendously blessed to be surrounded by, have been surrounded by all these wonderful mothers my whole life. And one thing about my mom, um, she had this amazing ability. And it was it was sort of magical. It was it was supernatural um, to to make me feel at ease, no matter what I was going through, no matter what I was afraid of, what I was facing. I knew that I could go to her and and go away from that conversation or that interaction better, right? Feeling better, feeling a little bit higher, uplifted. And look, that's not just when I was a kid. That's to this day. Right? I don't know what it is. Motherly gift? I don't know. Um, my worries seemed to become smaller and sometimes disappear when I would interact with my mom. My mom was um, what's known as a non-anxious presence. Has anybody heard of that term? I know if you're a counselor or a therapist or whatever, you probably have a non-anxious presence. It's, it's someone that 
lowers the anxiety level when you interact with them. So it's really what it is. It's a non-anxious presence. That term was made famous by Edwin Friedman. And, uh, you know, he was from a generation ago. But uh, Friedman was a Jewish rabbi. He was also a therapist. And he made uh, family therapy popular. So there wasn't really a, a family therapy uh, practice or skills but really before him. He sort of brought that to the forefront. And he also became uh, a great in leadership development. He became highly sought after amongst organizations and people in and around Washington, D.C. Um, and he's got a book that if you're a leader or a business owner or whatever um, that I would recommend to you, he's got a work called A Failure of Nerve, Leadership in the Age of the Quick Fix. Um, if you're looking for a good read that will benefit you. But in his book, Generation to Generation, uh, Friedman shows how any system, whether it be family, whether it be business, organization, or whether it be a church, he shows how any system is bound to break down if there is an absence of a non-anxious in other words, what he's saying is, if there's not a non-anxious presence in that system, that system will eventually break down over time. There has to be somebody there that's stable, somebody there that's concrete. Not saying that that person does not have concerns, right? Or does not feel or is not emotional, but it's a non-anxious presence. It's someone that we would refer to it as the glue, right? The rock or whatever. Every business, every family, every church, whatever that system is, Friedman says that needs a non-anxious presence or it will ultimately break down. You know, what's interesting is over the last hundred years, um, that would be, so there's probably a few generations in, in that time frame. With each generation that goes by, anxiety levels have tripled each with each passing generation. Tripled. What does, that, what does that tell us? And we're heading in the wrong direction, right? Like if we keep going in this direction, there's all these absences of, of non-anxious presence in our society and in our country, we are in trouble. You know, that also tells us that we need more non-anxious presence in this world, don't we? We need more people like that because there is a problem. There's a problem with worry. There's a problem with anxiety. You know, last week, last Thursday was the National Day of Prayer. And you may, you may already be familiar with what it was about. But the topic was anxiety and depression. That was the emphasis. That was the focus. And that tells you how big it really is. And look, um, National Day of Prayer, I, um, I don't dislike it. I'm okay with it. Um, if it's for the right reasons, you see. Um, you see, there's a problem when you set aside a day of prayer, but then you say, well, you pray to whoever you, you want, right? That does not please God. Ha I mean, how does that work when the one true God desires your prayers, you see? Um, and then if it's done out of the right heart, and I wouldn't go off on this tangent here um, if I didn't feel God 
leading me towards it because we just talked about this last week. We talked about prayer, okay? And, and, and what I see, and I know that many people are involved in this and do it out of sincere hearts, and that's good, but I see a lot that don't, right? So I see a lot of uh, politicizing. I see a lot of, you know, just making an appearance, doing it for popularity reasons. You know, I, I see a lot of that. And what did we just talk about last week? What did Jesus say? Don't pray on the street corners. Don't pray for all to see, to be seen by people. It would be so much better if you went home and went into your broom closet, shut the door, and prayed in secret. Right? Right? So, um, prayer's all about the heart. And, and man, um, you know, we need to realize that when we when we pray. So, if if you didn't pray, if a person didn't pray last Thursday and they don't plan on praying the next Thursday, right? You've got no business praying on that Thursday in public. That's right. That, that prayer needs to come straight from the heart. That's the type of prayer that God wants. That's the type of prayer that God hears. That's the type of prayer that God answers. And so sorry to go off on that tangent. Um, but I do want to lighten the mood a little bit with a joke, okay? So you ready? There's a guy named David, okay? David's just this figurative guy, right? Not a, I'm not, I don't have anybody in mind, but David, and he struggled with worry for a long time, and it really got to affect in his life, and he was like, man, I've got to do something about this. So he went to see a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist, you know, talked with David for a little bit, and finally, he recommended that David hire a professional worrier. Okay, in other words, somebody to worry for him. And so he did it. He went out and hired somebody, a professional worrier. Um, David's best friend noticed a change in David's behavior and in his life. And he asked him, what, you know, you've changed. What happened? You're not worried as much. David said, well, I hired a professional worrier. And he said, really? You know, um, how much did that cost you? And David says, well, it's $3,000 a month. I mean, that's, that's expensive, right? I mean, who's got that kind of money? And David's friend said, how do you afford that? He said, I don't know. It's not my problem. That was a joke, by the way. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What are you worrying about today? What, what are you worrying about today? When I say today, I mean in this moment, this season. It could be this minute. Right? What are you worried about? Most people worry about finances. All of us do to some degree, right? Um, just before this, Jesus in verses 19 through 24 talked about just that because I think God knows it all, doesn't he? He knows that the most, uh, the number one thing that people stress out or worry over most is finances. And he's, he talks about that and he says, no man can serve two masters, right? You might be worried about your job. Maybe you have a stressful job and you're, you have constant and consistent worry about that. Maybe you're unsatisfied with your job and you're looking and you're worried if you're going to find the right one, or maybe you're looking for a job, you don't have one now, and you're worried about that. Maybe it's your health, and, you know, 
what will happen to my life? Will I get better? Will I not? Will I get worse? Right? Will this go away? What kind of medicine should I take? What kind of side effects will this have? Right? Maybe you're worried about that. If you have a family, um, it's easy to worry about your family. Uh, parenting, you know, you worry. You Listen, parents, you worry about your kids all the time, don't you? I mean, and it doesn't. You don't really get out of that from the time they're they're born and, and you're worried about if they're going to eat a marble or something, right, um, to, to when they're in college and you're worried about if they're going to make a decision that they'll regret, right, or if they'll mess up or if they'll pass. We, we all worry about these things. Maybe you're near retirement or retirement's on the horizon and you're like, man, have I saved up enough? Am I going to have enough? What am I going to do? Am I going to have time to even do the things that I want to do? On top of all that worry that we all face, what have we been in the past year? The pandemic, right? This crazy global pandemic that has just unloaded and unleashed a whole nother level of worry upon everybody, Right? So many people worry. What does worry do? Maybe as I was talking through some of those things, maybe you began to realize what worry does. Maybe you began to realize that worry is not just something that you hear, it's something that you feel. Right? Worry has a heaviness to it, doesn't it? That you can almost feel. That's why I love this verse, Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. You know, there is truly a heaviness to worry, but I want to give you a good word today, and I, I hope you're ready to receive a good word because it's not just my word, thankfully, um, we're going to be looking at the words of Jesus, literally. We're going to look at his teaching on worry, and it's a good word. I promise you, it's a good word. So we're going to learn from this. We're going to hear from Jesus. I'm going to read, and we'll read together the section of Scripture, and then we'll talk about a few things on what Jesus teaches. Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore, I, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. 
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. All right, so Jesus, the greatest teacher in all the world, here's his, here's his solution to worry. Okay, you ready? Don't. Don't. Don't worry. Right? Um, for those of you that are parents and have kids, I know you've done this before. And um, you ask your kid to do something, and they say, why? And you say, because I said so. <laughs> right? I do that all the time. I mean, does that help? I mean, not really. Um, you see, Jesus is the Lord. He's the Son of God. He has all authority, by the way. He's clearly in his right to say, because I said so. And we are clearly in the obligation to say, yes, Lord. Right? Because he is our Lord. He is our master. Um, but thankfully, Jesus doesn't just say, because I said so. He, he, he goes into this teaching, this brilliant teaching. And thankfully for us guys, Bob, he uses words, uh, word pictures. Right? I mean, we need pictures with our stories and stuff. And so he kind of gives us this, this way of looking at this teaching and, and makes it a little bit easier for this teaching, the truth behind it, to penetrate into our souls because that's where it needs to be. Why? Because on the inside is where most of our worry comes from. It's deep for a lot of you. It's deep down. And this surface level stuff of, well, because the Bible says or because I said so, like, right, it only goes so far. So Jesus sort of makes it a little bit easier for you to digest. It's still, it's still difficult. But again, it's a good word. It's a good word. Now, God's definition of good and our definition of good is sometimes different. Right? I promise you this is a good word that God has for us today. It's exactly what we need to hear. Um, you know, Bob Marley, I listened to Bob Marley, okay? Uh, he had the song, you know, Don't Worry About a Thing. Three little birds on my doorstep, right? The birds chirp, chirping and three little birds. Well, Jesus, three times, says, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Three times Jesus says that. And so we're going to look into each one of these things, and I'm going to share some things with you um, about what I believe Jesus is, the truth behind what Jesus is saying here to us ultimately. First of all, your life is about more than what this world can offer. Your life is about so much more than the things of this world. So, so much more. Verse 25, is, Jesus says it this way, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, is not life. I want you to pay attention to that word life there. We, sometimes we get caught up in the eat or drink or wear or whatever. What Jesus is trying to say ultimately is life. Life. Do not worry about life. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Do not worry about the things of this world. What he's trying to show us is, what he's trying to tell us is don't worry about things that simply don't last. Don't last. 
um, you'll find a lot of things if you do a little research. research. Studies show that the vast majority of things that we worry about have minimal significance to your life. You know, you take your, your snapshot of your life in general as a whole. A lot of the things that you spend so much time worrying about in the greater picture of life are not very significant. Things like making the right choice. Um, I'm the type of person, this, this bothers me, okay? I'm the type of person, you hand me a menu that's got a hundred items on it, and I worry. Like, I'm like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? I do this, do I do that? You give me a menu with three items, and I'm good, right? I will enjoy that dinner. If, if you give me a lot of choices, not only will I freak out over the choice, but I'll always be second-guessing, should I have got that or that? Or, you know what I mean? We do that with life. Should I do this? Should I do that? And it really doesn't matter either way, right, ultimately in life. Or we worry about what people think. What will this person think of me if I say this or if I do this or if I look this way? What will, how will this person view me in my life and my family? Let me ask you this. In the span of your life, does what one person thinks about one decision or how you look one day matter? Many people fear failure. Just worry so much about failing. When a lot of times it's okay. It's really okay. That's Thomas Edison. <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan. It, we hear these stories about, we have this fear of failing and not being successful in, in one area of our life, but yet we hear these stories of people who failed thousands of times and gone on to be successful. And you know what they say? They learned from their failure that failure was the best thing that ever happened to them. You see, we worry so much over something that could actually benefit us. Sometimes you may need to fail. We get so caught up, and I'm just speaking to um, parents, including myself, okay, um, that have kids involved in sports and stuff like that. And, man, we're like, man, I want this kid to get a college scholarship. And I'm just, man, I'm like, ooh. My, my focus is on that. My hope is in that. My dream is in that. We worry about what's going to happen if they don't. And J.D. Greer has this saying. He's the, uh, he's the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. He says, eternity is going to reveal how the vast majority of things we spent so much time being anxious about had no eternal significance. Let me ask you this. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, are the things that you're worried about today going to even matter? Right? You know, most, what Jesus is saying behind this, don't get caught up in the, clothes and um, the, the food thing, the analogy there. What he's saying is, don't get caught up in, in this world. This world isn't, isn't going to last. Don't worry over things that have little to no eternal 
significance. It doesn't mean that you can show concern. You can't show concern. But worth, worth. Jesus wants you to know that your life is so much more than what this world has to offer. And the second thing, which leads us to this, you can trust the God who immeasurably and eternally values you. Right? Um, And, you know, I know a lot of people worry because... uh, for, for medical reasons, right? Or maybe uh, past traumatic experiences, right? They've, this has happened to them and now they, they have anxiety and worry. And, and look, I'm, I'm not um, downplaying that at all. And I realize that there are lots of cases out there, lots of situations out there like that. Um, but many people, a whole lot of people worry and they don't need to don't have to and what worry does is I know we don't think about this at the time and I know we don't mean to display this but what worry shows is a lack of faith in God alright it shows a lack of faith and a lack of trust in God and Jesus uses this time to, to say hey look you definitely can trust God you can trust God He loves you, and he values you so much. He loves you more than you ever know, and he values you for eternity. Look, when you you have a God like that, when you have a heavenly father like that, it begs the question, why worry? Why worry when you have the creator of the heavens and the earth, right? The God of the world, the Alpha and Omega, um, you know, the Lord. When you have when you have a God like that, that is supreme over everything, that is sovereign over heaven and earth, and He says, "Look, don't worry. You're valuable. Why worry? Why worry?" He says this. Jesus says this in verse twenty six. Look at the birds of the air; they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Notice this. Are you not much more valuable than that? Think about that for a moment. Now, I know God loves all creation because he created it, right? But just think about the fact that you are the most valuable thing to God. Jesus uses these, I mean, probably birds flying around at the time. He's like, look look at the birds. Look at the birds. They're not worried. They're not tripping. Anybody seen a bird tripping out? Like, really? No. I mean, the birds out here just poop on the steps. They don't care if it's a church or not. They're just like, oh, I'm going to go wherever I want to. Right? Um, I took down some bird's nest over here in the shed. They build bird's nest every year. I took it down, took one of them down. You know what happened? The bird came and built it right back. Didn't trip out, right? Just like, okay, this is this gone. I'm going to start doing this. No, no birds tripped out. Maybe some squirrels every now and then. But Jesus is saying, you are much more 
valuable than they. These birds don't have a care in the world. They just live their life. And I take care of them is what, is what Jesus is saying. And verse 28 says, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. And again, anybody seen a worried flower? A flower that's like, what am I going to do? Like tripping out? No, no. Not even when you like spray it with weed be gone. It's, it's just, right? Am I going to live or am I going to die? I don't know. My life is in God's hands. It does. It, it's not worried. But yet, man, there's some beautiful flowers out there, aren't there? Beautiful flowers. Beautiful, gorgeous. Verse 30 says, If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not, pay attention to this, much more clothe you, you of little faith. See, I'm, when I talk about faith and worry, that's not me at all being judgmental. That, that is what Jesus is teaching here for a lot of us. Is that for a lot of us, man, the, the worries that we have are really a mirror image of the reality of our faith. What Jesus is saying here is have it an eternal perspective. It talks about the flowers of the field which is here today and gone tomorrow right which I, I don't know why you all buy annuals um, I don't understand that concept like if it's you get one year out of it I don't why would I buy it I'm a perennial guy okay but this doesn't mean that this isn't talking about hell when the the flowers or the weeds or the plants are thrown into the fire there. What, what they did was, just like us, when we clean up, brush, dead stuff, we burn it in the backyard, don't we? <laughs> Have a brush fire. Jesus is showing us very clearly how temporal life is. If these, if these annuals, which a lot of you buy, regardless of how bad of an idea it is, are so pretty, they're here for one year, and then they're gone, but they're beautiful. If, if, if my father takes care of them like that, how much more will he take care of you? Think about this for a moment. What's our, what's our biggest worry in life that we have to worry about? Death, right? Death and probably eternity. You know, what's going to happen after I die? Or I, I fear death and I just, that whole thing, right? It's interesting that Jesus took care of both of those at the same time. Our two biggest fears Jesus took care of. And yet, we spend so much time worrying about other things. And if you, look, if you don't, have that assurance if you don't have that knowledge of knowing that death is out of the picture for you death has pulse has lost its sting right for you like the idea of it doesn't bother you anymore right if you don't if you don't have that 
Look, it's already been done. Jesus did all that for you on the cross. I'd love to pray with you today, tell you how to begin a relationship with Jesus. The, the, those, those really big worries that the whole world has and should have, you don't have to. You don't have to, right? And for those of us that are Christians, that are believers, we just need to think about that every now and then. Man, my biggest fears are not there. Jesus took care of those for me, right? Um, you can trust God is what Jesus is, is saying. Trust not only shows God our faith, but God knows how bad worry is for your life. Which leads us to the third point. Worry is worthless. It's worthless. There's this idea behind worrying that worrying about something is going to help me. Right? And we don't call it worrying. What do we call it? Something else. We call it like planning or something like that. If I thought all the scenarios through, I'm going to be prepared. (laughs) Or if I thought of all the ways that this could end, I'm not going to be surprised. Right? We think we're do we think we're doing ourselves a favor. We're getting ourselves ready. We're going to be prepared. That way we'll be able to, to succeed. That's that's your mind tricking you. Now worry is not helpful. It's actually very hurtful to your life. Jesus says this, verse 27. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? What a question that is. You know, I looked up some effects of worry. It's bad. It affects your mood, your appetite. It causes fatigue. Um, It increases blood pressure. It causes muscle aches and pains. It causes sleep deprivation. It causes breathing problems. It can lead to anxiety. It can lead to depression. It can lead to alcohol and substance abuse. It can lead to a poor quality of life. Worry worry can. And it will. It will. Not only will it lead to a poor quantity or quality of life, it leads to a poor quantity of life. Again, studies show that the person who worries all the time will live three to ten years less than the person who does not. Hey, if you if you want to knock three to ten years, years off your life, raise your hand, right? If that's you, just go ahead and worry all the time. You, you'll, you'll get there. That's what studies show. Do you want that for your life? That's a, that's a terrible life to have. Right? And it'll be cut short. God, God, you don't want that for you, and neither does God. It says, verse 34, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Did you know most of our, again, studies will show you a lot of things. Did you know most of our worries are about the future, 90% of what we worry about is about what will happen in the future. 
Here's another crazy thing. Okay, you ready? Almost 100%. It's like 99-something. Almost 100% of those worries never actually happen. I'm going to say that again. 90% of what we spend so much time worrying about is in the future, and almost 100% of those things never occur. Man, does that make you think, what am I doing? Man, I'm wasting so much of my life here. I could be, I could be having a so much better life. I could actually be, hey, this Bible talks about living life to the fullest thing. I could be doing that. Worry is, Jesus is saying, worthless. It's bad. We, we do this all the time. What if? What if? Are you a what if person? Sometimes I, I am a lot of times. What if this happens? What if this doesn't go the way I planned? What if they say this? Or what if they do that? Right? You could, you could spend all of your life what what ifing, which is what a lot of you do. Or you can say, what is? You can say, what is? You know, what if you can't really see, can you? What if you can't really grasp? What if is sort of muddy and cloudy, isn't it? It's not not clear. We need to let go of the what ifs. I want to ask you this. It's kind of challenging. What worry about tomorrow can you let go of today? If I gave you those crazy numbers, right, you could honestly say almost 100% of what you worry about will never happen anyway. What can, what worry of tomorrow can you let go of today so that you can have a better life? Don't think about the what ifs, right? Move to the what is. Don't think about the untangible. Think about the tangible. Don't think about the uncertain. Think about the certain. Move from what if to what is. Well, what is what is, right? What is is God loves you. God has promised to take care of you. Now, I'm not one of those preachers that says, hey, God's going to just bless your socks off every single day of your life and you'll have no worries. No, that's not me. And I don't believe it's the Bible. Okay, Jesus said in this world, you're going to have trouble, folks. But you move to the, from the what ifs to the what is. And what is is God loves you and values you and makes promises to take care of you. That's not me saying that. That is Jesus saying that. He promises. He promises to take care of you. That's concrete. That's clear. That's not what if. That's what is. You focus on that, which leads us to the last thing. Focus on living for God your life will be better. You know, if I were to tell you, hey, that thing that you've been worried about for so long, it's been driving you crazy, don't worry about it no more. (laughs) That's hard, isn't it? I would say that's impossible, right? To just 
hey, carry this weight around for so long and just drop it. It sounds easy. It's impossible. Here's what Jesus is saying. It's not taking your focus off of this. It's placing more of a focus on God. And then this right here will just fade away. Fade away. The more attention, the more focus, the more you place your heart upon God, the less hold of your heart that this worry will have on your life. That's what Jesus is saying. Such a deep truth behind that. Um, so much, so much of your worry and my worry is about things that we absolutely cannot control. Am I right? You have zero control over that, but still yet you worry. What can you control? You can control you. You can. You can control you and you can control your heart and what you do. You certainly can. And so the, you focus on what you can control when you focus on your relationship with God. And I promise you, Jesus promises you, watch what happens to your life. Verse 31, don't worry about saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. Jesus said, look, don't worry. Do you know who, who is supposed to worry? The world, the pagans, those who don't believe in God, those who are not Christians. Sure, they should worry, right? They, that's not you. That's, that is not you. You know who you are? You're a child of God. You are a child of God, and he is your father. And if you're in that family, listen, hey, you're going to be taken care of in that family. You're going to be blessed in that family. In that family, you got, you, you're not going to have any worries in that, in that family. You, your father is going to bless you and take care of you. And notice this in verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things might be, maybe, no, will be given to you as well. That is a promise from the Lord there, folks. It's a promise. And I think it's interesting. A lot of us know this verse, don't we? I mean, this is kind of like the fridge magnet type verse but we seldom understand its context. It's right at the end of all this. You know, three, three times Jesus says, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that, right? Did you get that? Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. He's got three don'ts and one do. Do, and that is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What's it saying? Focus on God. You control what you can control and that is your heart upon God. You focus on God. You seek him first. And all these things will be added unto you. Your life will be so much better. You know, um, I like Amazon. Anybody else like Amazon? I'm an Amazon junkie. Okay. <laughs> um, I love buying things on Amazon. Uh, I had to remove my card from the one-click thing. All right, so... Anyway, anything and everything Amazon has, right? Right? 
It doesn't matter what you can think of. You look for it. You can buy it on Amazon. Wrong. Hey, this time last year, Amazon did not have toilet paper. I remember. Hey, this time last year, no hand sanitizer on Amazon whatsoever. I promise you, I looked. Jesus wants you to know that your father has everything you need. He never runs low, and he never runs out. And he's always ready and willing and able to give. To give. Place an emphasis, place a focus on your relationship with him and watch what he does to your life and the worries of your heart. He will become so much bigger and those things will become so much smaller. He wants you to have a blessed life. Out of all that, I think Jesus is simply saying this. Stop worrying. Start living. If any of you feel like that today, like your life has been so much about worry that it's not really living, if we look back at Jesus' teachings, it could be boiled down to that. Stop worrying. Start living. Start living the life that God wants for you, right? He wants a good life for you. He loves you. He wants to bless you and take care of you. And I, I know that I'm closing. I know that some of you may be dealing with things more than others. Big things to you. you know, I know that some things may be weighing you down really a lot today. I want to encourage you. Go to your father. Run to the father. Going back to Friedman's um, theory on a non-anxious presence, when I think about that term, you know, really the ultimate non-anxious presence is the Lord. Think about that for a moment. A person that you could go to anytime, anywhere, with anything on your heart, even if it's the worst thing in your life, the worst thing in this world, a non-anxious presence. Somebody that will listen, hear, and help. Whatever you're worried about, whatever you're worried about, go to the Lord. I just remember what Jesus said in another teaching. Come to me, all who are weary, all who are heavy laden, all who are burdened. In other words, what Proverbs 12.25 says, anxiety weighs down a person. If that's, if that's you and you can feel that, you come to Jesus and he will, again, not might, but he will give you rest. In other words, he'll lighten the load. He'll lighten the load. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know, at the end of the day, it matters a lot to know that someone that you run to and confide in 
loves you and cares for you. Like my relationship with my mother, right? Like no matter what was going on, there was sort of no judgment there. There was, right? I, I, and I never felt like I could not go because I knew that she loved me. God loves you that much. He cares for you. Whatever you're facing, you go to him. You cast your worry upon him. Now, when we hear cast, Joey, we think about fishing, don't we? Cast on the line. That's not what this is talking about here. See, when we do that, we're still holding on to the rod, right? There's a line in the the water, right? We're still connected to it. This is talking about throwing a stone, and you are releasing it, and you, like, that thing that is weighing you down, and you you push it off, and you're heaving it. You're throwing it upon your life, and you're throwing it upon God. You throw it on Him, and you let Him have it. Why? God loves you. He does. Let's pray. God, I, I just pray today that whatever worry or anxiety that we are facing, that you would, Father, you would just let us know that you want that. That you want us to trust you enough to give that to you. Help us to know and realize today that you want us to have a blessed life now. That you want us to have an abundant life that is free from worry. The only way to do that is if we focus on you more. I pray that we would do that. I pray that we would focus on you and the things that have eternal significance. and Father, that we would let alone some of these things that just don't matter in the end. Father, may we be ever thankful and mindful that through your son, Jesus Christ, you showed us how much you love us. And you took care of our greatest fear, death. And you took care of eternity for us that a hundred, a thousand, a million years from now that you have taken care of all that for us and that we will experience eternity in joy Help us not to get so caught up over what happens in the here and now that we miss that tremendous blessing. That we miss knowing that, man, we are yours. You are our father. We are your child. And you you want to give us an eternity to hope for, but you want us to give a present to live for. pray for the person today that is just struggling with worry that you would lift that up off of them and that they would give it to you. I pray for the person today that does not know you, God, that today that they would hear the words of Jesus speaking to them, that they would come to you, that you you would give them rest if they come, that you would give them peace that you would change their lives and their hearts forever. In Jesus' name, amen.